You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 324 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowan, coming to you live on this fine Tuesday evening, uh, coming to you with a lot of different topics, honestly. There's not a whole lot of going on in Hawks land between the game on Monday afternoon and the game on Wednesday when the Hawks will host the New Orleans Pelicans, so I figured it would be a good time to sort of catch up on a lot of different things. It's one of those things that, um, yeah, there's not a whole lot going on, so uh, here we are to sort of, sort of bounce around a little bit. Um, one thing that I wanted to hit on, I actually floated this out on Twitter and it actually became sort of a big thing. Um, in a lot of ways, was that um, Brian Windhorst uh, mentioned uh, on a podcast last week on the Hoop Collective over, over, over at ESPN um, that Kent Bazemore could be a target for the Cleveland Cavaliers. That went in conjunction with the Adrian Wojnarowski report that uh, he would be available in trade for the Hawks. And uh, James Herbert of CBS Sports listed him as a potential Cavs target as well. Um, no, nothing hugely sourced there, just some, some speculation from some informed people around, around the situation. And I, I actually ended up positing a fake trade of uh, Kent Bazemore and uh, um, Luke Babbitt to the Cavs for Channing Fry's contract, Amon Shower's contract, and uh, either Shetty Osman or the uh, sorry, 2018 Cavaliers first-round pick. That's not the Brooklyn pick. That would be their own first-round pick, which is probably going to be you know, somewhere in the 25 range at the end of the season. Um, got a lot of responses on this, both um, positive and negative. A couple of people, it's, it probably comes down to how you feel about Bazemore. It's one of those nuanced NBA trades that's not straight ahead. Um, obviously, can't Bazemore be the best player in that trade, and that's worth noting. It's not as if it's not as if you're trying to get better on the court for this year by making that trade. Uh, Channing Fry's expiring contract. He's useful in a lot of ways, but um, and you know, Shepard is a bad contract, but it's one it's one season cheaper, uh, one season less. I should I should say than can't uh, Bazemore contract. He's also a little bit cheaper than can't um, you know six seven dollars a year cheaper than Bazemore and then you have a, the asset of the contract would, uh, the asset of the deal would be either Osmond or that first round pick as well as uh, sort of getting off Kent Bazemore's contract uh, I will say the first thing I will say about this is the urgency to get off Bazemore's contract is not really there um, the Hawks are uh, obviously not going anywhere this season and uh, Bazemore is a useful player to have around he, fill, he, fills, he fills a lot of gaps he's a good leader all that fun stuff so I'm not in a rush to trade Kent Bazemore uh, unless you find a deal that you want to uh, have I, I think in the future if you're trying to use cap space down the line and if you're, if you're just trying to evaluate Bazemore um, as an asset purely on the contract, he is a negative asset. Um, Danny LaRue um, of the Duncan on Podcast, Real GM, uh, all those all those fun places, shouts to Danny, um, came up with the, with the Nene test, basically that um, if your contract passes or fails, uh, basically if, in, Bazemore's ca- in Bazemore's case, would you be willing to sign him to basically what amounts to a three-year, $55 million contract right now today? I would not do that. Um if it was three years and $45 million, then maybe. Uh, three years and $35 million, absolutely. Uh, but three for 55 or so is what it would come down to for the remainder of Baseball's contract. I would not do that, and as a result, he's a negative asset. Still... It's not this par- It's not this paralyzing one in the way that you know Miles Plumlee would be. So uh, there's an urge to do that. With that said, if you were able to pull off this kind of d- trade, the impetus to do so would be to uh, rid yourself of that third year of Bazemore's contract, um, cut your um, your uh, committed salary in half, basically for next year when uh, when Fry becomes a free agent after this season, and then, of course you also extract an asset in the form of Osman or a first round pick in order to do that. Um, so there's pluses and minuses, but that would be the reason to do that. I wanted to at least put throw that out there. It was completely manufactured by me. With that said, it's one of those things where 
Um, it, it does make some sense in a lot of ways, for uh, especially for the Cavs, to target a guy like Bazemore to be an upgrade. And the Hawks um, are obviously looking, as that's been reported, so it wouldn't blow me away if they were to move someone. But I doubt, because he makes so much money and for so long, it will probably not be a straight-ahead, uh, straight-ahead easy evaluation of a trade in the way that a lot of trades are um, at times in the NBA. Um, elsewhere, aside from that, before we get into some mailbag questions, I, uh, I do uh, want to check on check in on the good folks at 538. The uh, Hawks are now projected to win 25 games. That is a tie with the Orlando Magic for second worst record in the NBA. Only the Sacramento Kings at 24 wins are projected to finish with a worse record than the Hawks. Um, the Suns at 28 and the Lakers at 29, along with the Nets at 29, would be your contenders for the tanking race. Talked about that last week a lot with with Chris Barnwell, so wanted to follow up on that a little bit. And we will certainly regularly checking out, checking on that between now and the end of the season. Um, uh, but more importantly, I would say, at least for this moment, um, both of the the projected first round picks the Hawks are going to, Hawks are going to acquire from Houston and Minnesota look to be in an interesting range. Uh, Houston is projected to have the fourth best record in the league, and the Wolves are red hot right now. Are projected to have the fifth best record in the league. So if that were to hold, the Hawks would be picking at number 26 and number 27 in the draft, as well as uh, in the 31 to 34 range with their own second round pick. So if, if that all comes to fruition as, as expected, the Hawks have four picks in the top 33, 34 picks in the draft. Um, you know, three of those being in the, sort of in the same range makes it a little bit difficult still. Uh, having four quality uh, picks is going to be interesting. I think there's pretty much no scenario now where the Hawks don't get both first-round picks. They have to have a huge injury to someone on Minnesota. Um, you know, even without Harden, Houston is probably going to be a playoff a playoff-bound team. Uh, it would not kill the Hawks, obviously, if those games regressed a little bit. Um, you know, for instance, if Harden missed some more time than he's supposed to miss, et cetera, et cetera. But I do think that it's pretty safe to assume the Hawks are going to get both those picks, and that's uh, something to plan on for the future. Before we get into the mailbag portion of today's podcast, I do want to talk to you about the good folks at the Draft app. Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on Draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites? That's why Draft is my favorite fantasy site. No more getting crushed by the pros. Not just me, more than 1 million people that have already downloaded the Draft app too and you want to join those million people and take advantage of this fantastic service. You can play in real money, uh, real live NBA draft for money right now, be done in under five minutes, and get paid out the next day. Drafts are filling every second, so you can draw one whenever you want to do so. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. That's if you only use my promo code LOHawks. The promo code is again LOHawks, and that you can play in a real money draft for free by using that promo code. But it gets even better from their draft social media. I love it. They're offering offering a uh, a money back guarantee to our listeners of up to a hundred up to one hundred dollars. So check that out on the site as well. Just search draft in your app store. Go to draft.com. Come play for free right now and use the promo code LOHawks. That's LOHawks. Uh, enjoy the draft movement today. Thanks to Draft for sponsoring the podcast today. We get into uh, a little bit of the uh, of the mailbag portion of the program. Obviously, not a whole lot going on there. Um, um, and yeah, we'll see. Uh, just sort of these are some interesting questions and some interesting topics on today's podcast. Uh, first comes from John Williams, and he asked, uh, "Would you trade Dennis Schroeder and draft Trey Young?" Um, it's never as easy as that, as we talked about a lot, and we'll talk about again in the future. You have to tell me what the what the trade offers would be for Dennis Schroeder. Um, as for Trey Young, I do like Trey Young as a potential point guard of the future for the Hawks. I don't think he's still. I don't think he's in the same tier as Luka Doncic and DeAndre Ayton. And DeAndre Ayton, which is a firm one and two for me. I think Young would probably be in that next tier down alongside Marvin Bagley and potentially guys like Mark, uh, Michael Porter Jr., somewhere in that range, and a three, four, five, six um, group. I, th- I think Trey Young is definitely in that conversation now. Um, and uh, he's a guy that you definitely want to look at. He's playing, actually, as we speak. 
Um, and uh, yeah, it's one of those things where you can uh, focus on the, on Trey Young as to what he can do, what he can't do. The, the Steph Curry combinations, uh, uh, sorry, com- comparisons are out there. I wouldn't go quite that far at this point in time. Um, there are some limitations there, but I do think he's a quality top five, top six prospect in this class. And if you want, if you were to move on from Schroeder, um, I wouldn't do it specifically just to clear the way for Trey Young. But if you could make a, a, a positive trade, for, including Schroeder, and, and free yourself of that contract and in pursuit of another contract, uh, another uh, draft pick to get Trey Young, then sure. Um, but if you're picking in the top three, I would not be targeting Trey Young. I think he would, I mean, maybe as high as three, but uh, I, can't, I can't see him overtaking Doncic and Aiton, barring some sort of uh, big-time change in one of their profiles. Uh, next comes from, uh, I'm going to guess this is Darkellis or Darkwellis. Sorry about that for whoever has asked the question. I try my best. Uh, um, he says that it's, uh, he, he believes it's understandable that the Hawks want to trade Baysmore, Marco Bellinelli, Dwayne Debbin, and Ursula Masova, but by trading all of them at the deadline, uh, could that not create a leadership void and the Hawks signing rotation of bets on a one-year contract next year that could lead to a what he de- what he deems to be a Laker-like culture of insecurity? Um I think there's some risk to not having any veterans on the roster. That was sort of the arguments against the process back in the day in Philadelphia. that They just didn't sign those guys. Uh, with that said, with Bud as a firmly entrenched coach, and the Hawks would still have some veterans. You, know, you have Kent Bazemore locked up on a long-term contract right now, uh, unless you were to move off from him, of course. But, you know, Miles Plumlee is around. They have the, you know, even Malcolm Delaney is a, a younger veteran guy who's around. Um, they have some guys who are more firmly entrenched and probably um, would, be, would be strong locker room guys. And again, I don't think the Hawks are going to trade all of the veterans. I think I would certainly explore trading most of them if it was me. Um, but with that said, uh, it's not necessarily realistic. Um, and you have so many of these guys between Luke Babbitt and Ursula and Sova and Deadman and um, Bellinelli. And um, all, it's just, they just have so many guys who could be moved that I don't think you necessarily have to worry about that. But I, I do think the overarching theme of having leadership void is not quite as pronounced with the Hawks because of the fact that they have a, a, an established coach, an established culture, and you wouldn't necessarily worry about that in the same way that you would with a lot of other teams. Um, last but not least, on today's podcast, um, the next question comes from Harry, and he asks, if they aren't traded, which of the expiring veteran contracts would, would make sense to bring back for next year? Um, obviously, that would require um, the, other, the other party um, uh, sort of buying into signing a contract, because uh, if we're talking just about the expiring contracts, uh, obviously there's no security in those. Um, th- there's the two weird situations with, with uh, Denman and Miscala where they can both opt in. Again, I've said this before, but I think I'm expecting Muscala to opt in and Debman to opt out. So if I had to project, you'll see one of those guys on the roster for next year if they're both around. Um, but in terms of, the, of just the pure expiring contracts, though, I would be okay totally with bringing back Ilyasova, uh, Babbitt, Delaney, um, really, all these guys necessarily. If you can get them on, on, on reasonable contracts, I do think uh, Bellinelli would be the one that I would certainly not like to have. If I had to pick one to lose, it'd be Bellinelli, just because I think his defense is that is that harmful, and I don't think his shooting is quite valuable enough to uh, justify. Um, still, with that said, he's worth it. He's worth a minimum. So if, if that's if that's all it takes to bring him back, you would probably want to do that. Um, but I, I think you'll probably get more than that somewhere else. Ilyasova is just so good at a lot of different things. He's a bargain right now, but you know the markets never really treated him 100% fairly. So if he likes it in Atlanta. You might want to secure uh, him, uh, not, not necessarily with a long-term deal, but maybe a, maybe a two-year reasonable contract and uh, lock him up for as a role player for the future. Demon, I expect to opt out, um, but uh, if you were to look at him as a potential long-term fit at center, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that on a reasonable contract. Uh, Babbitt is probably not going to be back. I would say just because of the fact that he's not in rotation right now, but he's on the minimum right now. So if, they, if that's really his only option moving forward, would be a minimum contract again with the Hawks. I would not mind that at all because he's definitely worth the minimum. He's a solid-ish player, even though he's not playing a whole lot right now. 
for the Hawks, and Malcolm Delaney is a guy the previous front office was the one that targeted him with the, the West Wilcox, Mike Budenzer combination. This is obviously a new regime with Travis Slank, but Bud seems to like Malcolm Delaney. He's played well in the recent past after falling out of rotation. Um, I think if you can get him locked up on, on a contract that's somewhere in his current range of the 2 to $3 million a year range, I wouldn't mind paying him that. He's not the youngest guy in the world, though, which is something to keep an eye on because he's not your, he's not your typical second-year player. He's basically going to be on, if not his last contract for next, next time around. It'll be one of his last contracts in the league, and uh, you know Malcolm isn't going to be a guy. Isn't going to be a guy that blows you away. But I'm I'm a big fan of his game. He's sort of a, someone who fills in the gaps a lot and plays a couple different roles for you. Wouldn't would not surprise me at all if he were to stick around for a cheap number moving forward. Um, the biggest question for me, though, at the end of the day, is the direction of the roster for 2019, 2018 to 2019, because that sort of dictates all this thought process, whether you trade guys, whether you sign guys. Um, I, I count nine guys who are on the roster for next year, as if you if you were to keep everyone, that's Baysmore, Schroeder, Plumley, Prince, Collins, Bembry, Isaiah Taylor, Tyler Cavanaugh, and Tyler Dorsey. And then you have four top 35 picks. Um, obviously, I think it's pretty unlikely that they're going to keep all four and, and draft all four and bring them all over. If they were to make four picks, I think one of them will probably be a European stash or not two of them. And there's obviously, obviously trades involved as well. That would be 13. And you have Miscal and Deadman, interesting situations. And of course, you, uh, your roster spots become interesting from there. Um, because, you know, every year you're probably going to sign at least some money for agency, even if it's not a huge splash signing. So uh, roster spots could be, to, could be at a premium if they were to bring a lot of these guys back. And if, um, you know, we'll keep an eye on that. I, I expect. Um, out of this group, I, I'd be pretty blown away if more than two guys came back for next year that are on expiring deals, whether that be Ilyasova and Deadman, Babbitt, Bellinelli, and Delaney. I think you know maybe two of those guys come back. Not sure which two, but we'll keep an eye on that in the future. Obviously, this is a pretty inexact science and sort of a an all over the place podcast, but I wanted to at least check it out on a, on a number of different number of different things for you guys. I had a guest lineup that had some technical difficulties, so hopefully that one will come to fruition in the very near future. But I want to at least check in with a pod to clear the way, and uh, here we are. So the Hawks are back in action on Wednesday. They are going to be an underdog at home against the Pelicans, but the Pelicans have some travel issues. Um, they're playing an overtime game right now as we speak on Tuesday night, and they have to get into Atlanta on a back to back. So it's a pretty favorable spot for the Hawks um, uh, because of all the snow that's happening in the city right now. It could be a late night for the Pelicans, and we'll keep an eye on that as well. So nothing else. I'll be at the game on Wednesday. We'll recap that live from Phillips Arena, and that'll be a Thursday show. So please check out the draft app. LO, LO Hawks is the promo code. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, do all that fun stuff, and we'll see you guys tomorrow.